Stop right there. I'm in. You are? Just like that? Yeah. I, I need friends. Welcome to the Suicide Squadcast. This is the DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. Yeah, we are big fans of what DC Comics is doing on the big and small screens, so we want to make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining us tonight, and let's get started. My name is Tim. And I'm Jordan, and we are the Suicide Squadcast. Jordan, <laughs> how you doing, man? Happy to have you on the show, finally. I uh, know, it's been a been a long time coming, man, and uh, we were talking about before. I was a little nervous, but we got chatting for a little bit, and now I feel much better, so... Ready to get into uh, some of this news this week, and um, I guess, what's what's going on with Scott? So this is the deal. Uh, so Scott has, um, well, let's just put it this way. Scott has moved on, and he is now going to become the host of his own podcast, and it's going to be the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. So uh, Scott has actually left the Suicide Squadcast, and <laughs> which is not true, guys. <laughs> I'm sure he would love to do his own Legends of Tomorrow podcast. He sounded extremely enthused about it last week. Oh, yeah. He is completely all about that show. So anyway. So <laughs> anyway, Scott has a private commitment tonight. And so this has been uh, long in advance that we were going to get somebody else to fill in. And I'm super happy to finally have Jordan on because this is your very first appearance on this show. It is, man. I'm, I'm super excited. Um, You know, I wouldn't be where I am over on the DC Comics Squadcast if it wasn't for this show. And it's exciting, man. It's almost like it's almost like meeting a celebrity for the first time and getting to <laughs> sit down and have a conversation with them. So I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. And I'm absolutely uh, you know, I, we've had we've tried in the past, and some things just haven't worked out. But I'm glad tonight did for sure. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, um, so it, you you actually beat Chris to it because we have not had Chris officially on the show either. That's right. So that was the that was the deal. So like, um, you know, uh, just a reminder, if in case you're a relatively new listener here, so <laughs> we started off the Suicide Squadcast back in September of 2015, Scott and I, and then shortly after that, you know, we kind of made friends with Brent, and uh, so we would occasionally have him on the show as well. But primarily, it's just been Scott and I, and you know, we. We covered DC films, we covered DC TV, we would cover a little bit of DC comics, at least that's what we said we would do. And in reality, you know, the, the movie news is always so dominant, and we'd spend so much time doing that, that we would, you know, do a little bit of coverage of the DC TV news, and then DC comics, you know, which started it all, the actual physical physical comic books themselves, you know, just always got shortchanged. And so that's when, you know, I decided, you know, it's time to expand a network, and, you know, and I've mentioned this a couple times, uh, I solicited looking for some people that kind of had the same sensibilities that we did, and, you know, wanted to do a show focused on different things. So we, we got Brent over there with Ray to do DC TV Squadcast and we got you and Chris to do DC Comics Squadcast and I, I think it's been phenomenal. You guys are doing a fantastic job on your show Like, and I'm, I'm super impressed with what you've done. Thank you, man. I, I really do appreciate that and I remember, if I remember correctly, the first time we had spoken about it, um, I believe you had asked me if I was interested in the DC TV shows and I, um, I don't, at that point I was caught up on Arrow but I wasn't necessarily caught up on the other ones and it just I, w- I didn't want to you know not give it a hundred percent and I was like man you know I would I would love to do my own show but I don't know you know what I would be into it and I started doubting myself and you were like well wait a second what about comics what, what about that and I was like oh man that'd be perfect and then <laughs> right. you hooked me up with Chris and um he's like you know like my long lost brother now so it's it's awesome man we got a great rela- a relationship and a great dynamic and it's cr- it's cool too because we're both actually um we have a music past and so sometimes it's nice 
we'll sit down and talk some music too before we get on our episode. So it's really awesome, man. He's a really cool dude, and I really appreciate you guys giving us the opportunity to do that, man. So can't thank you guys enough. And now I'm here, man. It's pretty awesome. Can't complain. Yeah, yeah, no problem. And so you know, we'll have a Scott and I will have a show where we we get to both of you guys on. We definitely need to do that. And we've we've kind of talked about this informally too, guys. Now we wanted to get all six hosts to do and be part of a Wonder Woman film review. Now oh, yeah. logistically, that's going to be tough to do, but we're going to try to make <laughs> that happen because I think how awesome would that be to have all six of the hosts of the Squadcast Network together and reviewing Wonder Woman? Like that would just be badass. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I know I've heard you guys talk about it before. Yeah, six six men sitting down talking about a Wonder Woman film, <laughs> but I think we all respect the character, absolutely. Um, yeah. You know, um, more than enough to um, at least you know give our thoughts on it. And um, it's just man, that that's going to be exciting. That's going to be a lot of fun. And we got some good movies coming out this year, man. So I'm I'm definitely excited for that and excited to sit down and talk with you know our brothers over at DCTV Squadcast, Brent and Ray, and then Scott, you, and then Chris as well. So yeah. that's going to be a lot of fun. And I feel like um, that it's, I, I just don't know what other words to describe. That's going to be uh, organized chaos, I guess you it could is. say. It's it going to be great. It is. But uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. And we got to try it at least once. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I think this is probably enough about us. <laughs> yeah, we just... Let's let's get on. I know I, I know uh, our listeners want to hear about some other stuff here, but I do want to uh, say this real quick, guys. So this is our episode 98 for the Suicide Squad cast. And, uh, you know, we don't really have anything formally planned for episode 100. I mean, if, if you know, if things were perfect and I had a ton of time to do things, I would probably do a retrospective on all of our episodes and, you know, pull together some of the, the most entertaining and fun moments that we've had. But, uh, you know, to be completely honest, I just don't have time to do that. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's going to kind of be a normal episode. But, you know, I do want to kind of turn it over to some of you guys. And, and uh, you know, I know we've had a lot of listeners, uh, some that have been with us for quite a long time and all that. And, you know, what I'd like to do is, you know, we, we get feedback from so many of you guys all the time about, you know, like just thanking us for, you know, what we're doing with the show and, and saying, you know, gosh, I just really, really so thankful for how you guys do your show and what you're doing and all that. And so I, I guess what we'd like to do is uh, for the 100th episode, if, if, you know, if you want, leave us a, an audio recording, uh, less than a minute and, uh, you know, talking about what our show, you know, has meant to you and all that. And, uh, and I'd like to go ahead and play that on our 100th episode. So mix it in, you know, throughout the show. So uh, if you'd like, send it over to Suicide Squadcast at gmail.com and just, we ask you to keep it underneath a minute because, I mean, we, this could potentially get out of hand if we're not careful. <laughs> so, uh, but we would love to turn it, kind of turn it over to you guys and, you know, let us know your, you know, thoughts about what we're doing and all that. And uh, I just want to, you know, give you a chance to, to be part of that show. So, and just thank you for all the support you've given us. And uh, speaking of the support, I mean, uh, I want to shout out to Benny Quinn. Uh, Benny Quinn has been with us since the beginning. Uh, he's over in the UK and just a long, long time listener to us and just always been so supportive and all. He just tweeted out our little announcement about our hunt of the episode show coming up. And he says, guys, if you enjoy DC films, then listen to this podcast. I'm a longtime listener and I love it. So I wanted to say thank you, Benny. I appreciate you, uh, you know, giving a shout out to us and all that. So I kind of want to return the favor because you have, you literally have been there from, you know, the beginning, like you're one of the earliest people I remember for sure. So I just want to thank you for all your support. But um, let's do one other thing here. We've gotten a couple reviews. And before we get into the news, I want to knock these out real quick. Sure thing. Take it. Take the first one then. All right. Let's see. The author is, looks like Hidokiri 03, uh, titled Great Source for DCE News and Commentary. Um, States just recently got turned onto this podcast via a shout out a friend gave on Facebook. I'm so glad he made me aware of the show because there is so much quality coverage of all things DCEU with an enthusiastic and positive representation, which is becoming more 
more rare. This is now a go-to commute podcast to go along with shows like Holy Batcast and Batman News. I highly encourage you to give a listen. Um, that's awesome. Hidokirio3 uh, takes a, long, a little bit while to go and leave a review, so it, it's greatly appreciated. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for that. And uh, we got another review here, and this one comes from Me 50 Forgive me if I didn't say that right. Uh, it's titled Least Toolish. <laughs> so Apunami <laughs> says, let's face it, making podcasts about comics is as nerdy as wearing your cosplay outfit to the mall. In this podcast world, there are more tools than my dad's shed. However, these two guys managed to minimize the nerdiness and make it interesting for us still in the geek closet. In all seriousness, I enjoy listening to them. I find their topics relative and their perspectives interesting. Uh, one bit of feedback. The guy who is the teacher, that's Scott, you need to dial down the dork meter a tad. When you get all excited and nerdy, it makes me uncomfortable. My iPhone even cringes. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so... Apu now me 50. Thank you so much for the review. And I appreciate you kind of teasing Scott a little bit, but I, I do have to defend Scott. <laughs> you know, uh, Scott definitely, uh, when he gets excited about something, he will definitely, you know, he wears it on his sleeve and all that. So I'm going to oh, defend yeah. Scott on this one. If Scott wants to, you know, get a little nerdy and all excited, then he absolutely should. <laughs> and I would say you should too as well. You, you say you're in that geek closet. Now, I would say just dip your toe out there a little bit. Get your toe out of that closet just a little bit. It is not so dark and lonely you know, no. out there. So <laughs> embrace this era of, you know, what we're all enjoying and all that. So I guess that would be my advice to you. So anyway, um, I don't know, Jordan, you have anything you want to say about that? You know, being somebody that's also stepped out of the closet? Um, All I can say is that ever since I have, it has made my life that much better. And it is wonderful to be a part of a network where you can discuss things that you love. And so, and eat, that network doesn't mean just if you have a show, you can go on Twitter and we all love to talk about all things comics. So be it the movies, the TV shows, or the comics themselves, it's awesome. So, you know, instead of, I would say, you know, even if you're feeling a little bit um, more, I guess you could say, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but if you don't want to necessarily dip your toe out of the closet, I would just say take a step out because it's pretty awesome, man. Yeah. It's a pretty awesome world out here. So, um, but aside from that, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and if you want to hear Scott geek out about something, you should go listen to his new show where he geeks out about Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, he's just like, he's like, <laughs> like a he's like a little schoolgirl in that show <laughs> so <laughs> absolutely absolutely anyway um i'm probably never gonna be welcome back on this show <laughs> no 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 you're always welcome <laughs> oh that's great anyway oh and last one last thing i want to say like uh you made the little thing about you know wearing a cosplay outfit to the mall i have to defend uh, that as well if you want to go wait, wear a cosplay outfit wherever you want go do it <laughs> Yeah, and absolutely. I, we have a, a friend of the show, Lisa. She's a, a cosplayer, does fantastic different get-ups and all that. So I think she would defend that statement as well. Oh, absolutely. All right. So, hey, let's get on to the news, Jordan. Okay, man. I, you know, I'll start off with this one. I was pretty happy to see this. Um, you know, we get, we get, uh, we tend to get, you know, in the comic world and all that, people mm-hmm. that feel like they have to be either in just the DC camp or just the Marvel camp. And if they are in the DC camp, then they have to feel like everything Marvel does is crap and and vice right. versa and all that. I mean, we, you've, you know, you, we, we definitely see that all the time. Absolutely. Um, it's something that's kind of, I'm not going to say kind of, it actually is pretty frustrating um, just as a, a fan of uh, the genre in general. Um, I mean, come on, without both of these, we wouldn't have such great material to see anyways 
season. Um, so it's, you can, you know, as you guys have stated before, you can like both of them. It is okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it is okay. I mean, you don't have to, just because you like one, you don't have to hate the other one. I mean, yes, there are some, you know, I tend to fall more along the lines of DC, but I still enjoy some Marvel films. For example, Thor was on the other night and I love Thor. I thought that, I think that film's great. Super excited for Ragnarok to come out. So, but you can be excited about both. It's, it's such a good time to be alive right now. The fact that we are getting these heroes to, you know, come to the big screen. It's just, it's so awesome. It's something that you never think would ever happen. And so for that to be happening, just let's be happy that it's all happening, you know, and that we're alive during this time. It's, it's, it's a great thing, man. Yeah. I mean, it's the golden age of, uh, you know, comic book movies on film right now. Absolutely. This all came about because there was a little Twitter conversation going on between a couple fans and, and I don't remember exactly what the context was, but it was, uh, one fan was going back and forth with another and said something along the lines of like, uh, you know, he, he kind of made a statement that the Marvel Cinematic Universe doesn't really give any of their directors uh, full creative control anyway. Uh, he says, mm-hmm. you know, it's not their, it's not 100% of their film. And someone else came back and, and uh, said, well, James Gunn had 100% full creative control in Guardians of the Galaxy. And, and then this little kind of like argument went back and forth. And finally, James Gunn just jumped in. He goes, look, he goes, I love DC too. And Jeff Johns rocks. So quit fighting. <laughs> and James Gunn is the director of Guardians of the Galaxy. And right. so in, you know, really, really big, important player right now in, the, in the, you know, with Marvel Studios. And so I love the fact that he, you know, said, look, let's, let's kind of cut this out. He loves what DC's doing and gave some big praise to Jeff Johns. And Jeff Johns almost immediately jumped on Twitter as well and responded back. And he says, you know, you rock back, James Gunn. Cannot wait for Guardians of the Galaxy 2. And he also said, everyone stop fighting. <laughs> there are other <laughs> things worth fighting about. So so this is great. I, I like to see um, these two big powerhouses in uh, two different oh, yeah. studios here just, you know, jump in and say, okay, uh, enough of this. I mean, we can have fun. We can kid, which we do. And there's nothing wrong with that. We like to kid each other about uh, the, the universe. It's a friendly rivalry. But I mean, when you got the two main guys here saying, look, you know, <laughs> we support each other. Let's remember that when a Marvel film does good, then that's good for a DC film. And when Absolutely. a DC film does good, that's good for a Marvel film. The, the, the worst thing that could start happening is we have a bunch of films just really starting to drag down audiences and all that and, and just get people tired of superhero films. You know, that's not going to be good for either studio. So it, this is exactly what these guys should be doing. They're supporting each other. And it doesn't matter that they're they're financial rivals uh, with studios. Right. It, 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 it's in everybody's best interest to support a good superhero film, no matter no matter what your approach is to doing it. So Absolutely. And just to touch on that for a second, I believe that's, you know, the exact same sentiment that Henry Cavill had said a while back when they were interviewing him um, right after BVS came out or right before BVS came out. And or I think he had gone to the Civil War premiere mm-hmm. and he had said, you know, look, it's it's great when Marvel does really well. We want every company to succeed so that way we can keep on making these movies that are so close to people's hearts. So it really is, um, you know, worth noting that, you know, stop fighting about it. It's yeah. okay. You know, you can like one, you can like, like them all. And if you don't like one, then that's fine too. But, uh, you know, you don't have to shame people for, for liking something that you don't like. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, okay. So guys, we have Wonder Woman just right around the corner. So we're going to move on to distinctly talking about something that we're all excited about. A little bit of news on that. First of all, Chris Pine is actually going to host Saturday Night Live. Now, Chris Pine, is, of course, is playing Steve Trevor in the Wonder Woman film, and he's going to be hosting on May 6th, uh, that episode. And I think, uh, you know, you're a musician, so uh, the musical yeah. guest is going to be LCD Sound System. Do you know much about them? I honestly have never heard of LCD <laughs> Sound System, so okay. I know that that's, uh, didn't mean for you to set me up to then, uh, <laughs> you know, not really be able to throw you a strike 
strike there, but uh, no, I've never really heard of them, but um, I'm definitely going to give them a listen afterwards and see if that's something that, uh, are they more like a, a rock band or like an EDM sort of band? I have no idea. I love the name though, so I definitely want to check that good. out. It is pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, that's going to, so May 6th is going to be just a month out from oh, Wonder so Woman. Close. Yeah. And what, what's unfortunate about all this is because, you know, there's, I'm sure a lot of you are saying, well, wait a minute, this is a Wonder Woman film. Why is Gal Gadot not hosting? Well, just remember, Gal Gadot just had a kid. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it would, you know, she she should not be going there and hosting just yet. Although, you know, maybe she'll make an appearance. Maybe she'll show up. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, in terms of like, you know, having to have the responsibility to be there, practice all week and all that. I mean, she's just, I mean, she's got to be with her child right now. <laughs> so, uh, absolutely. it's unfortunate. It's, but, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful she'll make a little appearance. Yeah, absolutely. And especially with, um, you know, when Wonder Woman does come out, the amount of press she's going to have to do for that as well is going to take her away from her family for quite a while. So, I think the having Chris Pine on there is you know it, it'll be nice uh it'll be nice because it'll give the fo- uh the film some exposure but it will also you know give her a little bit of a break um because she's gonna have that and then she's only gonna have a couple more months and then after that she's gonna have to go and then do the press for justice league so it's gonna be which is gonna be ridiculous she's gonna be a busy busy mama for a little while so um but you know that's pretty good and i'm hoping as well for for a little cameo because I, lo- I just love her spirit i love you know her personality she's she's just so great the one quote that Patty Jenkins had said about her that she is just Wonder Woman even when you look at her you yeah. know I've had this conversation with um, my girlfriend Lizzie before and that she just embodies her and you look at her and she just has this kind of glow to her so it's just wonderful man and um, I'm really excited for Chris Pine to be on uh, Saturday, Night, Saturday Night Live it's, it's had kind of an uptick over these last couple years and Chris yes. Pine's a pretty funny dude so I'm excited to see that well it's funny he's, he, is, he is funny he, he definitely is funny but he's so deadpan and so I'm, I'm really oh, looking forward to see how they use him in a show <laughs> right yeah I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. And I, I can't remember if he had ever actually hosted or not. So I don't know. I'm not entirely sure either. Yeah, at any rate, I mean, it's going to be fun to see it. And, and uh, you know, so that's when Guardians of the Galaxy actually debuts the day before that. And so we're kind of expecting that the Wonder Woman marketing is really going to start to ramp up once we get past uh, the debut of Guardians of the Galaxy. And right. so that's going to be, you know, the very first thing to happen really that weekend. And so, man, it'll be real. It's going to be real interesting to see how well that show does considering Guardians is coming out that weekend. Absolutely. That was kind of one of the things I was going to throw out there as well was I was kind of surprised that they wouldn't have, say, Chris Pratt or even Dave Bautista or Vin Diesel or something on there. In particular, maybe Vin Diesel because, um, I mean, what is it? The Fate of the Furious just came out as well. So um, that's a little surprising. But hey, I mean, I'm all for more Wonder Woman press. So that's, you know, good thing for Wonder Woman. But it also, you never know, because depending upon Guardians, you know, just from seeing tweets online and stuff, apparently they're early screenings have been really good for it and i really enjoyed the first one too so who knows um how that how the ratings are going to be for that so we'll see i guess you know and and you may even get some people from guardians you know make a cameo as well so right either way i think it's gonna be a fun show to watch oh absolutely yep why don't you tell us a little bit about uh this china release date well we from the hollywood reporter you know per sources close to the china film group it seems as though that we are going to get wonder woman on june 2nd which i believe is the actual date that it's released as well yeah. in the states um so that's pretty awesome i mean think about the fate of the furious which just came out on april 14th and and had an 190 million debut that's crazy it's crazy now we're, this is just the this is just the chinese market right and that's that's nuts because if i remember correctly hasn't it made globally close to 
500 million already oh yeah i mean it's it's made a ton already well just oh to kind of put gosh. it in perspective here like batman v superman which made a ton in china made like right. i think 96 million in china total oh and it's gosh. so in fate of the furious you know made 190 million debut and that's first weekend so that's just that's that's amazing like it, it's kind of funny that franchise I, I you know i wrote that thing off a long time ago but yeah. you can't deny what a powerhouse this is and you know and i think when you get people like you know vin diesel and some of the other all the other actors that they have in it, it's right. like it's just got all the star power and uh yeah. and then on top of it you know people just love cars going fast <laughs> <laughs> they really do they really do and and you know that's obviously really appealing to that market so anyway so it, the the chinese market is just taken off you know it, it seemed like not all that long ago uh films were just really not making all that much in china like i mean they were making you know if they'd be like a 10 or a 20 million dollars in china that was like oh my god this is like this is newfound money for the studios right. and now it's like they're Gigantic. making it's like it's it's quickly becoming almost like the top market i mean it's not quite there yet but man it's it's growing so fast here and so this is going to be a real big busy season for the chinese market so just to give you guys an idea so april 14th is when fate of the furious came out uh, i guess smurfs the lost village just debuted in china <laughs> i don't know how that's <laughs> going to do but that's april 21st now guardians of the galaxy we said is going to be uh debuting on may 5th now look at what comes right after that in china may 12th king arthur legend of the sword also on may 12th power rangers is making its debut in china and then may 19th we have alien covenant i cannot wait for that film <laughs> <laughs> and then may 26th we have pirates of the caribbean dead men tell no tales and then so and then i guess that's about a week later we have june 2nd wonder woman debuts and then oh just gosh. a week after that we have the mummy with tom cruise and then transformers which has always been really big in china uh is coming out june 23rd that is a packed packed bunch of films in china and and, again, and it's also the united states as well i mean these are a lot of these are debuting the same day as in as they are in the United States. So, man, it's right. going to it's going to be it's going to be something else for the little stretch in Hollywood right there, like how much money they're going to make and then also outside of the US. Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, one of the ones that's not even on this list is I believe we get Spider-Man July 7th. Oh, so true. Yeah. That comes out right after. Yeah. That's that's like a, a huge yeah. huge lineup for them over the next couple months. And let's not forget that Suicide Squad was actually not released in China. Like it was kind of banned from China. <laughs> so, I I think Suicide Squad would have done phenomenally in China. You know, when you're looking at how all of these other films are doing, I'm kind of wondering how well Wonder Woman's going to do in China. Like, that's going to be a real interesting one to look at because yeah. I honestly don't know how well it's going to be received. Um, hopefully it's it does real well, but I mean, it's also got a lot of like, um, you know, competition here, but right. so it's cool. We we actually have a date, so we'll just have to wait for that. Sweet deal. So we got Entertainment Weekly put out. It's, it's, it's really part of their summer movie preview edition. And so we got this great concept art and it's the scene of where Diana's actually coming up out of the trench and she begins walking towards the enemy in no man's land and oh it's a fantastic looking picture and like I'm it really is. surprised at like how much detail they put into this concept art like usually you see concept right. art as be like sketches and the little bit of colors thrown on top this actually looks like a real painting it, it's 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 amazing it looks like an actual picture it's like it, it's nuts because when I look at it I'm like I see Gal Gadot and I you know I feel like I've seen it before because we've seen in the trailers her coming up the ladder and then, oh man, I can just see the all playing out in my head right now. And then they got this, I got the score going and it's <laughs> right. swelling and it's, oh man, it's giving me goosebumps. It's so cool. Yeah. She's deflecting artillery shells off of her shield and all that. So right. this is great though. It's, uh, I mean, you guys, I'm sure you could find it on the internet, but it's, it's an entertainment weekly. Go check it out. And I, you know, we'll tweet it out as well, but, but fantastic looking image, but man, this scene, like, I, I kind of feel like this is going to be that definitive moment where you really see Wonder Woman kind of have like, I would almost 
describe it like, you know, you have the warehouse scene in Batman v Superman right. with Batman. I feel like that this might be that scene. Kind of hoping it is anyway, but uh, yeah. this is this is probably the the one scene I'm just looking forward to the most in this film. Oh, absolutely. I, I um, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier is, you know, I can, because I hope that the score that they were using in the trailers is part of the score for the actual film because mm-hmm. it. I just remember watching it and, and talking with my girlfriend and just saying like, I just, you get this, you get this glimmer of hope when you hear that and yeah and when you see her going up the lap that's wonder woman that's you know that's just embodies who she is and she's really really over the past couple years ever since i um, started brian azarello's run in the comics in the new 52 really really got back into uh wonder woman and it's just man she just embodies gal gadot just embodies who wonder woman is and it's just it's so beautiful man It, it really is like i me and chris had this discussion too it's empowering but it's not empowering in a sense like they're trying to shove woman empowerment down your throat she just is wonder woman no it feels real it does it feels feels like it's exactly natural exactly and i guess that's a great way to put it it's just there's no um you know fabrication to it at all that's who she really is and it's just it's wonder woman it just i i don't know any other way to describe it she decides that you know like she says in the trailer you know if nobody will defend the world then i must yes and that that's exactly what she's doing. She sees what the horror is that's going on. And, and if this is a means of how she can make things right in the world, then she will absolutely do so. And I think that this is a moment where she finally embraces that, you know, after she gets to man's world and she sees how dismal things are that she has a chance to be that light in the world. Yeah. And so I'm excited to see that for sure. Yeah. And, and actually in this little, uh, the summer preview, uh, Gal Gadot had actually given a quote about this, this very scene here that we're talking about where she rises up up out of that trench and Gaul says it's it's a very powerful moment we have a character committing to her true self doing what she believes needs to be done so this is kind of like that moment where right this is where she's making a decision that yeah this is my destiny I have to do something here and uh, the you know the way this scene has been described and some of the set reports is just amazing like it sounds like you know she's going to kind of come up slowly and she'll you know be deflecting some of the bullets and then maybe some of the artillery shells and then she just slowly starts to jog and then and then ends up in like a full sprint as she's going towards the enemy this is just gonna this there's gonna be so much energy in this scene Jeff Johns jumped in as well and he described the scene as and he he made it kind of a strange comparison but it's 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 it actually makes sense if you kind of think about what he's trying to say here Uh, Mm -hmm. Jeff says that this scene in No Man's Land reminds him of when Superman caught Lois Lane when she fell down from that building and was and he Mm -hmm. also caught the helicopter and this is talking about the 1978 film and I was like well that has nothing to do with that that's when I first (laughs) when I first I looked at it I'm like what is he talking about but then he right. said he said this one is even more visceral and then i realized what he was saying that was like the moment in that film where you first saw like superman being like superman like doing right doing what he does and exactly. what john's is saying here is that this is when you're going to see when wonder woman expresses who she really is right. like she's actually doing something real she's not she's not doing some training exercise on themiscira you know exactly. with her sisters and all that you know that's not her being wonder woman that's her just showing her skills in a training exercise exercise but this is her actually doing something that is meaningful and makes a difference and so I really like that we actually got this little synopsis and uh, this is something a little different than what we had seen put out officially by Warner Brothers but this seems like this is something new provided to Entertainment Weekly so I'm going to go ahead and read it off it says here that Diana is thrust toward her destiny after American intelligence officer Steve Trevor crashes near her island pursued by the German army Trevor has discovered that German general 
uh, Eirik Ludendorff, played by Danny Houston, has plans to release a, chem- a chemical super weapon, potentially killing millions. Diana wants to help, convinced that this evil could only be the work of Ares, the god of war. And oh, then wow. it, it gives a little more description here that Steve Trevor escorts Diana to England, where she catches her first glimpse of industrialized London, or no man's land, a world where she doesn't quite understand, specifically the era's antiquated gender and social norms. But it's this battlefield scene that marks the first time Diana reveals her iconic garb, a moment that Patty Jenkins equates to Superman ripping apart his dress shirt to unveil the S across his chest. And Patty Jenkins says, it's when she says enough is enough. Oh, oh it's so great. I love this. I love this description. <laughs> it is. That's, I think, is a great, is it, I think that encompasses it the best. It's when she says enough is enough. I'm tired, tired of all this. Like, this is not how the world is supposed to be. I'm going to show you how the world is supposed to be. Right. And it's, oh, man, that's so brilliant. And there was actually um, a moment as well uh, that Chris and I had talked about in one of our earlier episodes, DC Comics, where it's, I don't know if it's a nod to this or not, maybe from the writers, but there's a moment in one of the comics where she's stopping a terrorist group from releasing a chemical super weapon. Mm. And she almost essentially sacrifices herself to do so. And man, it's, I just thought, I just put those two together. I think that's, a, I don't know if that's a nod to maybe the movie or if that was something, I mean, because Jeff Johns obviously, you know, had a hand in mapping out some of the stories for um, Rebirth as well. So who knows, man, but that was just made me think of that real quick. But overall, again, this picture and this scene, I'm just so excited for this movie. It's just, uh, words can't describe how, because I got this big old smile on my face right now. I'm just so excited for it, man. Yeah, it's coming through, definitely. You know, and I think I think those kind of things are definitely nods because that was one of the purposes when they had actually moved uh, DC Comics, you know, the publication of the comics from New York right. over to Burbank. One of the things they said they wanted to do is they wanted to be tied much closer to film properties and also to the TV properties. And yes, you know, so there's, there's definitely a lot more uh, coordination and collaboration between how they portray these, you know, these intellectual properties of theirs in all the different medium. And so I, I think all this stuff is, it, you're going to see a lot more connections that are informed and on purpose. That's awesome. I'm looking, I'm so looking forward to it. That's going to be, that's going to be great. Chris and I have speculated on a couple of different things, so it'll be nice to, to possibly look out for some of those in the upcoming movies for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We got a little bit of Aquaman news. I, I don't know if I'd even call it news, but if you remember yeah. that we had, uh, <laughs> if you remember the actor well, was uh, cast for Black Manta, it's Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, and uh, you know, he's from that great Netflix show called The Get Down, and at the time, we had kind of like gotten somewhat confirmation about him actually being for sure in that role, and it actually came through Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne right. Johnson had tweeted something out, and this is literally about two two months ago. He was responding to the Variety report uh, that said that you know he was going to be in that he was going to be playing Black Manta in, but you know Warner Brothers and the actor himself had never confirmed anything, and and certainly right. James Wan hadn't either. And so uh, so finally, it looks like <laughs> it looks like <laughs> Yaya Abdul Mateen had uh, finally started to go through all of his notifications in Twitter <laughs> and start to respond. And so he finally responded to Dwayne Johnson and he said, oh, he can, I can finally say thank you. The club has just gotten a little more tan and <laughs> a lot more badass. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I believe that they also star in Baywatch together. That's coming out soon. I believe Yaya is actually a police officer in that movie. Oh, okay. Um, so I believe they got to work on that together, but who knows, maybe a possible Black Manta, Black Adam team up in the future? You I never can, know. Yeah. I, I can definitely see things like that. Now, Yaya is a great actor. Like, I didn't know a whole lot about him, but I, you know, once right. I, um, once I found out who he was, that he's going to be casting us, I, I started doing some research. And man, I'll tell you what, this guy is a, he's like a 
he's a trained stage actor so he's got all that like classic yeah so i mean you you would know about this stuff so (laughs) i mean this he's like really um he's just really got this great presence about him it's great voice you know for this part like i mean he's he's gonna really fit this role so well just really looking forward to seeing the performance he gives and i think he actually went to the same school as meryl streep and was kind of trained in much the same way and all that so i mean great place to to kind of get your chops when it comes to um working on uh on stage and all that but yeah i'm oh absolutely i'm super i'm super pumped to see him more uh even more so than i am patrick wilson playing orm ocean master yeah that's a star studded cast that is i feel like it's gonna be one of those films kind of like man of steel where you have such a such a star studded cast and everybody plays their roles so well like i feel like one of the people who's kind of getting lost in this i'm really interested in seeing where what his role is going to be is willem dafoe mm-hmm. um because he's playing i think he's playing volko yes and so i'm excited to see i'm excited to see that role and exactly how big of a role he's going to have and th- that movie i feel like and especially with james wan and amber heard and just from what we've seen from the little training videos here and there and all that good stuff i just feel like it everybody's having a whole lot of fun and it's going to be a really really fun but um like i i guess i, I guess i could say what well, he's a badass movie so mm-hmm. um, absolutely yeah yeah it's just gonna be eh, eh, i'm so excited there's so many good things coming out and i feel like this is just another one and and yaya he i remember when he first got cast me and chris were talking about it as well and um we're just like dude he just he's got that black manta feel to him he does like he does, yeah even when i can't i can't wait to see him in the suit and i can't wait to see him put on the helmet man i think that's gonna be a great scene as well for really like coming of age for the villain mm-hmm. when he throws that helmet on so yeah. i'm excited yeah no doubt no doubt i and i hope they really do that iconic looking helmet <laughs> oh yeah yeah i i'm i'm pretty sure they're gonna do that but uh i don't know i i hope i, I at least i hope they do right uh, i think it uh I, I think it would be just awesome to see that i mean just those big red glowing eyes <laughs> oh man i know especially from what we heard at CinemaCon, everything seemed that it was from what they saw in the concept art it seemed yes. like it looked seemed like, like it was, it was very gonna be comic yeah. accurate so yeah super excited for that yeah i mean the whole cast i mean every one of those actors you talked about i mean they all have such a great strong presence on screen and right. uh, just throwing all these guys together with uh jason momoa who's just got that charisma you know oh yeah <laughs> it's it's gonna be it's gonna be super fun well let's move on we got some more kind of news to go along with uh the news that we got a couple weeks ago about joss whedon oh yeah who was allegedly gonna be the um or at least was in discussions to uh be directing batgirl well you know up to this point we still haven't gotten any kind of confirmation on that nothing from Correct. warner brothers nothing from joss whedon well we started to get a little bit of stuff from joss whedon this week mm-hmm. let me just kind of start off uh the first thing we got was uh, there was news that actually came from Kevin Feige. What is his title exactly? I mean, he's he's the head of Marvel Studios. Correct. So he had invited a bunch of reporters into his studios and, and really was going in there to talk a lot about, um, you know, their movie making process and all that. And I think also talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. And, and one of the questions kind of came up and, and I can't remember exactly why it came up, but he, he made a little comment about Joss Whedon moving over to DC Films. And he had said that Joss had actually called him a couple of months ago. And he said, well, Joss didn't have to, but it was super cool of him and super nice of him that he did. And yeah. uh, he basically was implying that Joss had called him to kind of get his, I don't know, if, uh, maybe advice or approval, whatever it might be, you know, about him directing the Batgirl film. And Kevin Feige, class act, says, you know, I, you know, he couldn't even, he couldn't be more supportive. Uh, and he says, we want to see a Joss Whedon Batgirl film be awesome. Right. So that was kind of like, that was like some additional somewhat confirmation, but it, it's really not confirmation that Warner Brothers and Joss Whedon have in fact closed out a deal uh, for him to direct us you know we still don't have that at this point but then we had Joss Whedon actually making some comments
announcements about Batgirl on the red carpet at the Guardians of the Galaxy world premiere. Yeah. So uh, why don't you run through some of the things he said? Sure. One of the things that he was asked is what he wanted to do with Batgirl. And he said, you know, I have so many things to say about her and I'm very excited to see a girl in the cowl. And then the follow-up question to that was that if he had any actresses in mind and, you know, he says that he didn't have any, his eye on anybody that he's creating this character and that he's in dialogue with her, meaning, you know, he's still writing the script and he's still trying to figure out exactly who she is. And then as soon as that happens, then he will go ahead and proceed with the casting process. So it's still really early. And they were asking him because if from all the fan casting rumors and stuff, people are like, Emma Stone or like, yeah. um, you know, was that Anna Kendrick? And it's, you know, he's, he's he says, you know, I doubt it would be um, someone with a name, but he also said, you know, I'm not opposed to movie stars. You know, they're great, but you need somebody who's going to be just right. And I think that's the approach that you sort of have to have with that insofar as you need to choose who is right for the character and not just choose somebody who's necessarily a big name. So and then at the end, he made a nice little quip and he goes, in a situation like this, the name carries a lot of weight. So it's not as critical. It's definitely Vin Diesel. So I thought that that was really funny. <laughs> and so I, I think what Whedon's saying here really kind of makes a lot of sense. And, you know, we talk about this a lot when, uh, you know, and, and a lot of our listeners ask us all the time, like, you know, can you fan cast this person? You know, who would you want to right. play uh, John Stewart, Green Lantern? Who would you want to play, you know, Batgirl? We, we get these kind of questions all the time. And, you know, and I know a lot of people have a lot of fun with it. I'm kind of like of the opinion that, like, I really don't care so much about, you know, about trying to figure out who maybe looks the part the most. Correct. You know, like, and we've talked about this before, like Jason Momoa looks nothing like the right. blonde haired Arthur Curry from the comics. <laughs> nothing, nothing like him. Yep. Uh, Ezra Miller looks nothing like Barry Allen from the comics. Right. But you know what the thing is? These guys have that presence. They have that ability to yeah. just capture the screen and all that. And ultimately, that's the most important thing. And so I kind of like what Whedon's saying here is, he, is he's really kind of talking about, he's not so concerned about who the actress is. He wants to find out what the voice is of this character. He wants to find out, you know, what what is he trying, what story is he trying to tell with this Batgirl character? And ultimately, that's going to tell him who he, who, you know, who he needs for that role. So I, I'm always encouraged when I hear that kind of thing, you know, because, I mean, the easy thing is you said, like, okay, and Anna Kendrick would be, you know, fun to see. I mean, she, she's just right. super cute. Uh, she's perky. She's got, she's got all these things that, you know, you see in a lot of different incarnations for, like you've kind of seen recently in the comics, you know, like you can see her kind of fit in that role. She's right. pretty short. I don't know if she would be able to stand up well <laughs> against all these other taller actors and all that. But, yeah. you know, but I mean, you know, she would be one that, yeah, I mean, she would be great. But the problem is you don't know what Joss Whedon's going for. That's right. the thing is we need to know, okay, it, it's not about the look. It's about what Correct. does this character need to have? What are the qualities this Batgirl needs to have? Correct. And and so uh, that's what, you know, we have to let this filmmaker just kind of figure out what, what his vision of this film is going to be and what he's trying to do and what, you know, how he's trying to approach his character and then, you know, trust that he's going to find the the actress to fill that role perfectly or actor if it's Vin Diesel. <laughs> so Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And, you know, it's it's all about building the character, not building the look of the character. Right. You know, that's ultimately what it is and kind of going on that we sort of get a taste of, I guess, a little bit of where he wants to go with the, the direction of it because they had asked him what intrigued him about Batgirl. And, you know, he said she came up and I started getting obsessed with how a young woman could get hardcore enough to need to put the cowl on. Like, what's her damage? You know, she didn't have her parents killed in an alley. Who is this person who decides that rather than being forced uh, to by their childhood trauma, she decides to just pick up this life? And how intense and driven is that person? And, you know, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. And real quick, the per- 
person went on to ask Joss if um, she will sport the yellow Doc Martin boots, and he's just like, I don't know, it's way too early in that process <laughs> right now. I got a lot of things going on in my head. So, yeah. but in all the incarnations that we've seen, I mean, it, it really depends on which one he decides to go with. I mean, personally, I guess I would say I would prefer Barbara Gordon because I feel like she's the most well-known. Um, but then again, it's also whatever incarnation you are or haven't been introduced to her. Like, for example, I was introduced in Batman the Animated Series when I was younger. So yeah. um, that's more along the style that I would prefer to see. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to go into it if it's something a little bit different, you know, with a closed mind to it. So I'm really excited to see the direction that he takes uh, takes Batgirl in. But um, what are some of the other iterations that we've seen of Batgirl before? Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, uh, the, I think the earliest one, I, I think the earliest one was Barbara Gordon, although it might have been like right. Kathy Kane. But I'm not really sure if it was Batwoman or Batgirl. But, um, but I mean, Barbara Gordon is like the classic one and, you know, who yeah. actually, uh, the, I mean, the way the old story went, she was masquerading at some costume party and she made up this like Batgirl costume and then ended up being <laughs> kind of inadvertently becoming a hero about something, something that had happened right. and she was in this costume and, you know, did some heroic thing. And so she's decided that she liked it. So that was kind of her motivation. <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, I mean, we've had other characters that have taken up the role. Uh, Helena Bertinelli, of course, uh, Huntress. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was trying to get revenge for her family's murder by like right. a rival mob gang and all that. So uh, she took, that was kind of her motivation to be in a costume. I mean, that one always kind of felt a little weird. Uh, Cassandra Kane, yeah. you know, she's took up the mantle of Batgirl at one point in time here. Uh, she was trying to get away from, you know, this path that her assassin father had kind of like planned out for her life. And she just, you know, was right. rejecting that and wanted to, wanted to do something different. Uh, Stephanie Brown is uh, was pretty popular. Uh, you know, her motivation was always, as her other alter ego, spoiler, right. I mean, her motivation was always like to, to kind of thwart whatever her, her father was doing, who was actually a supervillain. Correct. <laughs> and I think it was like, was it Clue Master or something? Yeah, I yeah. believe that's yeah. who I've drawn a blank on exactly who it was, but it was one of those like minor uh, Batman villains. So, yeah. um, but I agree, it's probably going to be Bar- Barbara Gordon. But I, you know, I do like what Joss says here where, you know, he's really trying to figure, okay, what motivates this character? You know, and and it's classic, that's classic uh, storytelling. You know, you want to yeah, determine absolutely. what's the motivation of a character. And so he's taking it all the way back to like, what does, what made this girl who didn't have all this trauma in her life, what made her decide to put on a costume and try to be a hero? So I, I love it. I, I like the angle that I'm hearing so far. So I, I right. got really good positive vibes. And it's also kind of nice to hear uh, Joss Whedon at least comment about it. You know, that that at least yeah. is saying, you know, um, you know, he's got all these plans to do it. Uh, it's still not a, you know, direct confirmation that he is for <laughs> sure doing it. You know, there could be still negotiations going on and he could be making public comments about that to put more yeah. pressure on Warner Brothers. But who knows? But yeah, it sounds positive. It sounds like his heart's into it. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. Agreed. And yeah. I just kind of wanted to run something by you real quick. Do you think we could possibly, depending on what he decides to go with, if it decides to be maybe a little bit darker, you think we could maybe get a little Killing Joke reference in there? Oh, man. Uh, you know, or you think that because that's it's really brutal. That's the only thing that I'm thinking. Brutal. Like, um, I don't know how well that would play. But then again, also in seeing what we've seen from Jared Leto's Joker, I wouldn't put it past him either. Right. So that's where, you know, it starts to kind of get into like, you know, what he decides to go with and how dark he really decides to get with it. So, yeah, I mean, great question. Great question. I mean, I, I, I you know, Killing Joke as a story by itself, I think is just OK in the comics. Like, right. it, I like the story. Uh, it's not a it's it's not one of Alan Moore's greatest stories by any means. Mm-hmm. But it, it created some like it created some real impactful events in these characters right. that, you know, st- stood for a long time. I mean, uh, you know, Barbara Gordon got paralyzed. 
surprised. Barbara Gordon was also assaulted, uh, a very controversial thing. Right. So, but these things, like, I mean, these things felt like substantial, and they and they stuck as part of the canon for quite a while. So, I personally would be okay with it, mm-hmm. you know, as long as it's uh, properly addressed, you know, right in the in the DCEU. I kind of have a feeling if if they do make that part of the uh, DCEU canon, mm-hmm. that it probably will not be illustrated or explored too much. It might be kind of right. acknowledged that this happened, but never really go into it because I'm that's that's a tough that's a tough tough thing to uh, to do. To, well, to try to put on a screen, you're trying to build up yeah, uh, exactly. a last universe that's got mass appeal and all that, and and that's a story that you know those of us that are really deep into the mythology and right. all that in the comics and all that. I mean, we would definitely you know as long as you're okay with the story, we would be you know totally okay with seeing it and be pumped up to see it. But I, I think when it comes to like the general audience, especially the people, the only ones that know Batgirl from the Batman 66 show. Yeah. I mean, if you start bringing all these really dark events that happen to the character from the comics, man, it might be pushing a little too far. I hear you. I, you know, I, I kind of feel like they're not shying away from exploring darker themes in the DCEU. Right. And, I, and I think they will continue to do it. But I think they're going to be um, a little bit more careful to try to balance it out. And uh, oh, yeah. so I kind of see something like that maybe being something where they say, you know, what, this just probably isn't the right place to do it. Right. And I, I guess the only way that they would really, you know, one of the things I was thinking about how they, you know, could possibly go about it in a not necessarily a lighter manner, but in a way that doesn't necessarily make it so grotesque would be to do sort of like a, a way that they did the Wayne's death in the beginning of mm-hmm. Batman v Superman, where it's more along the lines of you see if Flash of the Joker, you see the muzzle shot, right? And then you see her like falling. And then, you know, it could explain after that, like, you know, this is what he did to me. And it doesn't necessarily have to show it. So yeah, who knows? But then again, it is it, it's super dark. So that's something that they're going to have to if they do decide to go down that road is going to have to, you know, tread very lightly. Yeah. And, you know, and maybe there's a more appropriate time down the road to right. tell those kind of stories. But right now, I think I think they're just trying to be a little bit more careful. But I, I really liked right. what they did in Batman v Superman with the death of Robin. I oh, mean, yeah. They just had, you know, they just had the suit up there. They had obviously the the words scribbled across what looked to be a burnt out suit. There yeah. is a huge, huge implication there in the story that is not explained and not told. And you know what? That's actually pretty badass. You know, right. I would love to see them uh, explore the story, obviously. But, you know, if they don't, like, that's pretty impactful. Like, there's a, there's a lot there that needs to be told. And um, and yeah. I've always kind of felt like it ha- it's tied into the Wayne Mansion that seems to be kind of burnt down. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You also have a burnt Robin suit. Like, I, I think something happened there. And, you know, I'm hopeful that point. we'll get that story told at some point. But, man, so I agree. They could they could do something very similar. Just, just show, like, you know, maybe the wheelchair or something or just a little quick flashbacks uh right saying that these something happened but we're not going to go into great detail that's all you need to know is that something happened and you can kind of fill in the rest true so very true yeah awesome man the one last thing uh, and i don't even know where this came from but comicbook.com had asked someone had asked anyway joss whedon if he'd consider having alicia silverstone make a cameo in the film <laughs> uh, alicia silverstone was from batman and robin uh right. that awful film that <laughs> that i unfortunately recently watched and we reviewed oh you don't show. like it man uh it's it's just it's <laughs> It's towards the bottom of my list. Let's just put it that way. I hear you. Um, at I any rate, uh, and I like kind of loved what his response was. He's and Joss Whedon said, you know, I, I'm not against having little callbacks to past films, but he says he's not looking for Easter eggs. He's exactly. just trying to write the movie. And and I actually like that. I, I always kind of feel like all like the callbacks that they've had, the little blatant Easter eggs, like I, I personally kind of tend to have a problem with that. And that's gotcha. one of the things 
that I've like I had a problem with um, one of the early the uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man films where they had some I think it was someone out in the street uh, singing the Spider-Man song from the cartoon like yeah that kind of stuff just really takes me out and, you know it, it's kind of cute to say oh yeah, yeah yeah okay I get it you know that's a callback haha you know yeah but you don't want to be taken out of the film I don't want to be taken out of the film and and I actually and this is going to be heresy and I apologize ahead of time <laughs> heresy I apologize to all the fans ahead of time that are fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I actually don't like the Stan Lee cameos. Wow. <laughs> I, I just don't. Wow. They take me out every single time. They take me out of yeah. the film every single time. I If I were to just kind of like say, show me all the cameos at once, I would love them, appreciate them and all that. But like I was just, what was I watching? Uh, recently Iron Man. And, you know, and I'm enjoying the film and all that. And then they have like the thing where he calls out to Hugh Hefner and it turns around and it's Stan Lee. I'm like, okay, I just, I just lost them. I lost yeah. the momentum I was getting the film. So I don't know. I'm being hypercritical, but I mean, this no, this fine. is the kind of stuff that I kind of feel like, you know, I, I do kind of appreciate what uh, what DC Films has been doing, at least at this point. When right. they do, when they do like a little call out to something, um, it's not like, it's not like a real cheesy blatant thing. Like it's, go to the Suicide Squad one. When right. they showed the classic Harley Quinn costume, the little jester costume that she had, and you had that, uh, that scene was, which was replicating that great Alex Ross painting with Joker and Harley dancing yeah. um they did that in a little flashback and it and it fit it fit in there right. like it didn't really feel out of place and so that's whatever they do i just wanted to do that but i don't need to see alicia silverstone show up as like uh who knows like a somebody at a, a cash register or something and just say right. oh yeah yeah but I, that was the previous vet girl i don't need to see that <laughs> yeah no i hear you the only thing i would say is i agree with you pretty wholeheartedly with the the stanley thing i think they're all in good fun and i i appreciate that but it does take me out the only one that i really enjoy though is is, and I know some people might slam me for this as well though is the amazing Spider-Man when he's in the library and they're going it's the um, the lizard and Spider-Man going through the fight I thought that that one was really funny um, but that was me and I, I didn't really even notice it at first until because I was so focused on the background of those guys fighting and trying to actually prevent all the stuff from hitting them but that was just you know that's the one I think I enjoy the most for mm-hmm. sure but I agree with you it's I don't think it's necessarily needed and um, little nods here and there like the night is nigh in batman v superman when they you know pan to gotham i feel like that's something that might be written on a gotham billboard you know it's right um you know it fits the scene and where it is and to make the one make them not so obvious i feel like it's okay um but when you kind of go out of your way to make an easter egg i feel like is when it starts to starts to take you out a little bit yeah definitely okay well let's uh let's kind of run through some of the other stuff we got here let's give a little bit of dccw news here now sure. some season finale dates were announced for the season CW shows, the DC shows on a CW. Uh, we have Supergirl is going to have its season finale on May 22nd. The very next day, The Flash on May 23rd. And then the final uh, Arrow is going to be on May 24th. So I just want to throw those out there. And uh, have you been catching all those? I, I don't know where you stand on DC CW right now. Have you been catching the shows? Or are, you, you, are you watching any of them? What, what, what are you doing right now? I have not. It is sacrilege. Um, <laughs> and I know I'm probably going to get slammed for it as well. But um, there's just, I feel like when I get so behind on TV shows, it's it's more like homework trying to catch up on them. And <laughs> right now, honestly, it's been the start of baseball season, and I'm <laughs> really yes. just 
you know, my I'm a big Yankees fan. And so um, that's really been kind of my focus right now, aside from, you know, catching up on because there's a lot of good stuff going on in Rebirth as well. So, well, you're the comic guy. I mean, it's the thing, you know, I haven't really been catching up on it. Yeah, so. your number one priority is the comics. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what we pay you. That's what we pay you the big bucks. For. <laughs> the big bucks. Yes. So, um, but no, that's really what I've been catching up on. So, no, I, I haven't been. Um, I would say the show I'm most caught up on is Arrow and I thoroughly enjoy Arrow and The Flash and I'm going to just throw this out there. I've not seen any Supergirl and I've not seen any Legends of Tomorrow. So, okay. Well, Scott would not be happy about that. Um, but I, <laughs> yeah. I would say, I would say like, you know, I do know that you, when we kind of talked about, you know, potential things you could do, uh, Arrow right. was something that you were watching at the time. And uh, I yeah. will say this now, I, I don't know um, where you're at and what season you're at in Arrow, but like someday when you get to it, like season five has just been great. <laughs> so if you ever get to it, um, season two was, it was excellent as well. But I, I, per, you know, and I know some people go back and forth on this, but I actually, I think season five has the potential of being the best season for me. We'll wow. see. Um, now, speaking of shows that you probably won't watch. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this was kind of interesting. A Krypton pilot had leaked out. Now, just to give you guys a little background here, Krypton was a show that was being shopped around and it was actually picked up for pilot. Uh, and this was going to be on the sci-fi network. And uh, up to this point, there's no series pickup. We did know that a pilot had been filmed, but we, we never really heard anything about it. We, you know, there had been some different actors and actresses that we had heard that were cast in this. Right. But uh, we never saw any footage of it. We never saw anybody in costume. Uh, we never really saw much about it. And so it's been pretty quiet. But this was something that David Goyer was writing. And he was going to be executive producing it. The showrunner was going to be Damien Kindler. And so this was actually going to be written by David Goyer and Ian Goldberg. And uh, one of the things that David Goyer had said at the time is that they considered this to be canon with respect to the DCEU. And so that would that was odd because that would have been the only show, TV show, that was considered to be part of the film uh, series. And so... So that was kind of interesting. And, and it seemed like, okay, if you were going to do with any show to where you wouldn't necessarily be so tied to what's happening in one place or the other, it, it would make sense to to maybe tie it to a Krypton show that was filmed uh, a couple generations in the past uh, mm-hmm. from Jarrell. So to make a long story short, a trailer for the pilot had actually leaked online. And the trailer was out there for a good half a day. And uh, so it was yeah. it was kind of making its rounds on the internet and all that. And then suddenly it got pulled. So uh, uh, I did copy the file because <laughs> I knew it was going to get pulled you know the way these things always do so um but uh you know it's it's actually i was kind of surprised at how well it was done like i mean i thought the i thought the the set designs were really interesting i thought uh Mm -hmm. the special effects were quite good um it it, uh like i you know and i've talked about this before i'm i'm a sucker for a good sci-fi show something that's got like it's got to have like a real dramatic element to it like what yeah battlestar galactica was was fantastic you know something like that i i would be definitely interested in seeing this and i i definitely liked what i saw in the pilot as well. So I don't know what yeah. what did you think? Are you are do you like sci-fi type shows? I do. And I feel like this one really kind of fit the bill. That was something that I, you know, I was like Krypton trailer. And then I remember that they were talking about it. And the thing that really kind of stood out to me was there were, I mean, and David Goyer obviously had a hand in Man of Steel. Um, There was some nice sort of, you know, not references to Man of Steel, but like the S that gets, that is made from Jor-El that he presses into Clark's ship and that ultimately Lex uses to power up 
the ship as well to you know take control or take command um that was a nice nod and i think that the way that the set style is is also very um had a very similar sort of man of steel but also and i don't want to make this seem negative because i don't mean it in any negative way but i like it almost pod racer sort of feels to some of the ships Mm -hmm. i thought those were pretty cool um but uh the one thing that i also noticed is it seemed did it seem like they had made this pilot a while ago they were using the old dc logo Oh, they definitely made this quite a while ago. Right. And that's the one thing that stuck out. I was like, wow, when when did they make this? Because <laughs> Goyer also had, you know, he also didn't credit him for BVS in the titles either. And uh, But I don't know if that's something that they necessarily, because of the press that BVS got, I don't know if they wanted to put that in there, but it also depends on when the they made the pilot as well. So Well, he wasn't really part of BVS. That's true. Well, yeah. he went, because he and, I mean, it was mainly Chris Terrio went in and did a rewrite. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't think he ever got, uh, did, he, uh, did he have a screen did credit? He? I, I couldn't remember if he got a screen credit. I mean, all those like gotcha. Writers Guild Association rules, all that are a little complicated for me. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. But no, it um, it, it looked really good. And it's definitely something that honestly, I, I probably would catch up on. I've been really, really digging Superman ever since Man of Steel came out. And um, I could I think I feel like I could catch on with that show real, really easy. I love a lot of shows on sci-fi, like the um, makeup artistry shows that they do on there mm-hmm. and all that stuff too. Yeah. It's super fun to watch. So I think that um, it has a really good premise. I actually really enjoy that. And we get a nice little nod to, I believe that's Candor, right? Yeah, I think so. It's yeah. pretty awesome. So yeah, I, you know, I think something like this, like as long as you've got like some real compelling dramatic element to it, I think it has real potential. I mean, you know, it's a, absolutely. it doesn't, it's, it, it's not as much the idea that it's Krypton. It's just the fact that it's like, you know, looks like a cool sci-fi show. It's got like cool ship designs. Like you had mentioned the, what kind of look like pod racers. I mean, the ship, mm-hmm. the ships I thought were really cool. The architecture for the cities was, you know, wasn't a, wasn't exactly like what we saw in Man of Steel, but it it, it was kind of like in that ballpark. It was in that realm. Right. And so it wasn't like the ice planet that we saw from like the, the 1977 Correct. or 78 uh, Superman film. So, you know, I, I kind of feel like, uh, you know, it, it definitely piqued my interest. And uh, there was something else that came out. Was it actually today? It was another little promo and it was tied to some, I think some Instagram account that was titled uh, like, think Krypton Sci-Fi or something like that. And mm-hmm. some websites were reporting as like, confirmation that sci-fi put this thing out and and i still say no that's there's no confirmation that sci-fi put this thing out right because it's even that one had the old logo as well so these are so-called leaks uh i mean there's you know you kind of say if it's a leak you know who benefits <laughs> well the right. benef- the people that could benefit are the people that are trying to convince sci-fi to pick up the show so they could be exactly. leaking it uh the other people that could benefit is sci-fi themselves you know this could be a trial right. balloon to see what the reaction is and and uh so i i always when i see these kind of leaks i it, it's similar to like what happened with deadpool uh you know, right. that Deadpool footage was leaked and, and that's what convinced people to, you know, say, hey, you know, there's a lot of buzz about this thing and let's go forward with it. And so mm-hmm. I always kind of feel like these leaks are on purpose. So whoever it is, um, you know, I, I think they're just trying to kind of test the waters. They they feel like they potentially have something here, but they're not sold yet. Right. Whether they should go forward and they want to kind of, you know, do a little trial balloon. So yeah, I, agree I, I would say, you know, my my opinion on this thing is I liked what I saw. Uh, I, I, I want to see more. You know, I definitely would want to give the show a chance. Uh, and, you know, and I I watch I watch good sci-fi. I've watched sci-fi that wasn't so great just because I liked mm-hmm. it. I would probably <laughs> I would watch this regardless. But uh, right. aside from that, I, I thought it was good enough. I thought I thought it was it looked really good, and I could see this you know having a lot of potential. So I definitely would want to see the pilot. 
as would I. Yeah, it looked really, really great. I was really surprised by the uh, special effects, actually. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, this looks like they maybe spent quite a bit of money trying to do a lot of these um, effects, but it looked really good. It didn't look cheesy in any way, and um, I actually really enjoyed it. And um, there's certain things like when he cuts his hand and, you know, it turns and he drips it on the S and then it turns into the red. I thought that there were just cool moments of it that I was like, I I could definitely dig this show for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So very cool. All right. So, Jordan, I had solicited some comments or some questions from our listeners and uh, got a pretty big response. And you know what? A promise is a promise. Uh, I was wondering if you could run (laughs) through with these with me and uh, let's kind of do like a rapid fire and go through these questions and kind of end off this episode, you know, uh, turn it over to the listeners. So first question comes from Rebecca Johnson, a friend of the show, Derby Kid. Uh, Rebecca asks, what are your thoughts on the use of Kryptonese in a Krypton trailer, even though the DCEU has its own take on a Kryptonian language? Um, I have an answer on this, so I'm going to I'm going to take this one. Go ahead. Uh, so now in Man of Steel, they had a linguistic uh, anthropologist named Christine, I think it's Schreier, actually came in and uh, with like a graphic designer, uh, Kristen Frensen, I believe, they actually came and developed a language together. So they developed not only the look of the language, but also like phonetically, you know, how this, I think phonetically, maybe it's like, I don't know if that's the right word, but not only just the way it would be written, but of the way it would be structured. They put together this language and, and it's to this day, we still don't really have like a full accounting of what that is because they, for whatever reason, they spent a lot of time on this thing. And and I, I think this is just a you know, Zack Snyder thing. He just really wanted to do this. So there's a right. big language that was really developed there. Now, this might have been a thing of passion for these two designers. I have no idea. But as far as I'm concerned, it's it's probably it's probably something that belongs to them and to Zack Snyder. And so Correct. if they go to use this in Krypton TV show, I don't know if I don't know if they should use it, quite honestly. You know, even if it's really tied together ultimately or unofficially to uh, the DCEU, it would take a lot of time to even do it and you know if this is a tv show they got so many other things they need to worry about <laughs> they have oh, tight yeah. schedules and all that so uh it doesn't bother me that it's not the same language that it's not the same kind of like typeset or however you might want to even call it so that's my answer agreed yep all right so the next one how will you celebrate your 100th episode besides the obvious this comes from miles uh, the moderator of dceu positivity one of the moderators miles okay so i think we said this before uh we're not doing anything super special but we are soliciting you know if you guys want to leave us a uh, uh, a little recording. Send it to suicidesquackers at gmail.com. Uh, if it's less than a minute, we'll we'll play it. Uh, let you you know. Let us know how you feel about our show and what it means to you. Um, so that's that's kind of how we want to celebrate. It's 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 not as much about us. It's about you guys. Uh, so Miles also asked, what are you and Brent's favorite shows, past and present, and what would you watch? And would you watch a Netflix or HBO show or movie by Zach? Why don't you take this one? What, what do you what, would you watch a, a show by Zach Snyder? Um. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I think um, what I would really, uh, I feel like one of the things that I would really like is I actually really enjoy the um, before Watchmen comics. And I feel like that might be a good series um, that they could do talking about um, some of the characters and some of their backgrounds. I feel like that would be pretty interesting um, in so far as, uh, you know, being able to, you might have a season focused on Night Owl, you might have a season focused on Rorschach, you might have a season, you know, focused on um, Dr. Manhattan and you know you could go on and on and i feel like um i would definitely watch a show even if it was anything by Zack snyder i would at least give a chance i'll put it that way and um you know going on from there i would definitely you know check it out and if it's not that great probably wouldn't watch it if if shows are not that great i'm you know i usually give it a chance for a little bit and then if it's not great i stop watching it if it is pretty good then i usually watch it and if i can't get to it i'll record it and then i usually get behind about five episodes and try and binge them so yeah um i feel like that's what i would do 
Yeah, just a quick reminder. Now, Zack Snyder was uh, apparently in some kind of discussions with HBO about doing something with Watchmen. So we haven't oh, really heard sweet. anything about that since. But yeah, that would that would be incredible. And I could see him maybe taking a break, you know, from yeah, filmmaking absolutely. for a while and do something on TV. I mean, he's working with uh, Fabian Wagner, uh, the cinematographer right now, who was on Game of mm-hmm. Thrones. That's a cinematographer for Justice League. So you know, who knows? He he may move over to do something, uh, you know, on HBO. It's it's a it's a great medium now for filmmakers now. So absolutely. Uh, as for my favorite show, uh, past and present. Uh, present actually i think my favorite show right now surprisingly is arrow right now uh, nice. that's the one i'm enjoying the most I, i'm kind of like talking about it in the comic book world uh just just this season i'm enjoying it so much uh in the past i think my favorite show was probably like breaking bad or Battlestar galactica uh those are my two favorite shows all that's right awesome. moving on let's do this next one uh from nathan wobbly boots 85 <laughs> when can we expect the crossover with holy Batcast? nathan we do not know holy Batcast. we are uh, i've never met andy or jamie um you know, we don't really know the guys, so I don't know. I mean, if we could do a crossover event, that would be pretty awesome. But uh, no promises at this point. <laughs> Am I being vague enough? Yeah, no, I think that that's uh, <laughs> I think that's pretty direct and pretty clear. So, you know, if they want to reach out, reach on out. Yeah. You know, we like to talk to people. So let's just let's just leave it this way. Uh, something might happen before you know it. But mm, there you go. No promises. <laughs> awesome. Kind of going off of that. Do you guys have a special guest in the pipeline for me and Chris's show over at DC Comics Squadcast? No, just going to throw that out there so i'm gonna throw this your guy your way to answer this for this show um okay so we have uh, i mean they're special to us i mean they're they're people in the community that we want to cross over with uh we do have some things in the pipeline um you know we're always looking to do something right now uh especially after justice league we're gonna have lots of time <laughs> right so we're gonna have a lot more opportunities to do that but yeah we 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 the guests that we try to have uh because we have such a narrow recording window than when we can operate um mm-hmm. we don't really try to solicit guests from the industry uh, just because you know usually if you do that you're pretty much on their time <laughs> right and uh, we just we wouldn't be able to really do that so you know we're we're going to be crossing over with other uh, shows and you know and people in the same community here so I'll just leave it at that sounds good all right the uh, from Gary that was from Gary Jr. by the way so and Gary Jr. also asked if you take off Snyder's name as a director of Batman v Superman and put on Nolan's do you think it would have gotten the same low Rotten Tomato score I don't think so <laughs> No, I was gonna say no, flat out no. There's, there's no way. Um, Zack Snyder and his vision is, for whatever reason, is toxic with critics. A lot of critics, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, so you know, uh, Nolan has, you know, has a has a lot of uh, critic fans as well. So um, it, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have gotten knocked as hard by the critics. But I will say this: if if the critics are being honest and they truly have issues with uh, the dark tones and the dark themes and all that, then you know, uh, if if they're being fair as critics, then they would knock uh, Nolan as well. If it had his name Correct. on it but so I, but I personally think you know there, there are people and you see it from critics ahead of time before the movies have negative things to say about Zack Snyder's uh, filmmaking angles and that kind of thing so uh, I, I think there's just uh, some preconceived uh, dislike of his approach and you know right. you're not gonna be able to get past that right and I feel like one thing to point out as well is um, it's actually pretty interesting is if you listen to some of the interviews with Zack Snyder and in, in particular you know spoilers for Batman v Superman if you haven't watched it yet I don't know why you're listening but uh, uh, you, uh, he talks about the decision to kill Superman at the end of the movie, and he consulted Christopher Nolan on it, and they actually went back and forth with it for a couple of weeks, and Christopher Nolan ultimately walked into his office one day and just said, you know what, man? You have to do it. You gotta do it. Mm-hmm. So if you have any issues with some of the things in BVS, just remember that um, Nolan also, you know, he's been along the ride with uh, with Zack Snyder as well, as far as a consultant in um, some of these movies as well. So, yeah, I would say I would say no, just to answer that. 
again. But uh, yep. um, next one is from Martin Lindstrom at Lindstrom Martin. Maybe a list of some kind. Top ten DC writers, artists. Ooh, okay. Oh, I can I can rattle off my writers. Uh, I'll do sure. the writers. Um, you know, obviously Jeff Johns, Grant Morrison, Mark Wade, Greg Rucka. I mean, of that era of comics, I I loved everything they were doing at the time. I'm a long time Keith Giffen fan, uh, and, and with that goes Paul Levitz. You know, this goes back to my Legion of Superheroes days. Uh, obviously, Alan Moore, Marv Wolfman with uh, Teen Titans. Those are those are writers that always had a big impact on me. Uh, most recently, you know, Brian K. Vaughn did Why the Last Man, uh, and he's doing Saga. It's he does. Um, he's just a great writer, and I and I would say Scott Snyder has really impressed me. The work he did on Batman. Right. Um. All right. I'll go with some artists. I'm gonna go with Greg Capullo. I really love Capullo's work. Um. Alex Ross. Uh. Jim Lee. Mm-hmm. Um. Some of the obvious ones here. Uh, Brian Bolin. Love his art yeah. in uh, The Killing Joke in particular. Another artist that I really enjoy is Ivan Ivan Reese. I, I'm I am apologize for my pronunciation. Chris and I get those wrong all the time. But those <laughs> are just a few that I can name off of um the top of my head. Tim Sale oh, as well. Tim Sale. Yeah. Ethan Van Skyver for me. Uh, another great artist that you've seen, especially with Green Lantern. Oh, absolutely. Dave Gibbons. Uh, Dave Gibbons is just a classic artist for me. You know, especially going back to his, some of his early Green Lantern stuff. And but Watchmen always sticks with me. Oh, absolutely. Keith Giffen's always been a favorite of mine as well. Right. And I believe that it's tough because I really do enjoy a lot of different oh, yeah. art. So it's so many it's great artists. To... George Perez is another one. Uh, oh, absolutely. Just, yeah. Especially because I know that I can't draw. So for <laughs> you know to see the actual art sometimes is pretty crazy for me. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh let's move on to the next one. Uh, sure. From Scott AZ to DC, will Green Lantern be DCEU's Fantastic Four? Both work in comic and cartoon, but are they too silly looking for film? I think if anything, we've proven you can make anything look good on film. <laughs> if you right. can make if you can make Superman in his costume look good on film, then I think you can make anything look good. Agree. So I, I don't think uh, I don't think anything is going to look too silly, and I think especially with Green Lantern, I thought everything in the Green Lantern film looked good. Right. Uh, the only thing I didn't like is I thought the mask was horrid. I, I could yeah. not stand that mask from the film, and I thought that made <laughs> everything like I had such an issue with that. <laughs> so, but I I think if you you know. Uh, me personally, I've always kind of like, kind of felt like the Green Lantern mask is a little silly looking, um, yeah. ultimately. Uh, but I, I, I think they could make it look good. Uh, I just thought the design and the shape of it with Ryan Reynolds was just was terrible. <laughs> Agreed. So, all right, moving on. Brandon Jackson asks, when we actually get to see Ezra's Flash in action, how much faster will you expect him to be than the CW Flash? Expecting great visuals. Um, just going off the trailer, um, from what I've seen, you can't see him unless he's, um, you know, in slow motion that's been what i've seen so far um as far as when he's you know tapping when he's running if that's what they're going for or if that's really what the questions aim for and i have seen a couple episodes of the flash but i don't know how much faster he's gotten from the first season so i don't know that i would be the best person to judge that so i'm also going to throw that your way there tim well, I mean, it's it's the movie version. He's going to be faster, is, is the right. way I look at it. And uh, you know, and it's and it's tough. Like, how do you visualize somebody looking super fast in one medium and try to make them look even faster in another? I mean, there's only so way. Right. There's only so many ways you can make someone look fast. <laughs> yeah. And still exactly. be able to see him. So, but uh, I I'd I'd have to believe that you know the movie version will just be faster in general. Right. All right. Moving on. So we got this from Call Me Sammy from Shaman Modal Five. Ass. I think Darkseid, Stephen Wolf will try to use the. Dead 
dead body of soups to make a super parademon and then something goes wrong and he's back i think that's that's possible yeah yeah it, I, it could be um i mean there's got to be some way superman comes back right so um, agreed uh, a way for him to come back is to tie it into the main storyline so I, right. I think it's certainly plausible and they also you know in an interview with deborah snyder they she had mentioned that they were going to possibly expand on the nightmare scene in justice league a little bit so yeah you never know never know um but moving on kind of similar um from matthew salvatore at salvatore underscore chief how will a dead clark return to life or will superman only return love the show uh so how will they bring dead clark back to life uh, who knows <laughs> right I, i'm not too worried you know I, I mean let's face it uh all the times that superman is like so-called disappeared or died in the comics and you know therefore clark disappeared too i mean they've always kind of brought him back and uh you know this you know no matter what it is you, you're gonna say okay well that doesn't totally make sense or that's not believable but who cares i mean we have a guy who's trying to hide from the rest of the world and behind glasses i mean you have to suspend yeah. some belief and i think uh i think the way he'll come back is my guess is that he was on some so-called uh undercover assignment that'll be the story of some sort right and uh you know who knows and maybe this ties back to that cia agent that was posing as uh, jimmy olsen in batman v superman and uh was killed off so maybe maybe clark is his cover is he was you know recruited by the cia who knows you know uh, they're gonna find some cool way to do it and it's and I'm sure we'll like it. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Well, Ian X asked several questions here. Let's run through them all real quick. Sure uh, thing. Most anticipated performance from an actor in the upcoming DC films. Uh, any performances you are particularly looking forward to? Jason Momoa as Aquaman. There you go. Uh, you stole my answer, so I'm going to go with Ezra Miller. Yeah, both of those guys. I think both those guys are going to be great. Uh, right. Ian X asks, with this all talk from Nightwing, Batgirl, do you think we will get a Supergirl or even Wally West in the universe as well? Um, <sighs> Someday, yeah. I mean, there's no reason to do it right now. Exactly. It depends on where they decide to go. Yeah, and I, and I think at some point in time, you know, if, if this uh, shared universe is going strong at some point in time, you know, actors are going to move on. And if they can, you know, maybe at that time, that's when they introduce like a Supergirl or a Wally West, you know, so that they can, you know, kind of have like a natural progression to a new actor. So uh, I, you know, we'll see him. Uh, there's no there's no reason to bring him in right now. You got too many other characters you need to, need to establish. So it Agreed. won't be anytime soon, I don't think. Right. Uh, what sort of DC content do you guys partake aside from your own podcast, TV shows, DCAA, podcast, Reddit, etc.? Um, so, okay, so uh, is DC content aside from our own podcast? I mean, obviously, I watch the DC shows. Uh, I read the comics. I, I'll read back issues of comics. Um, I peruse. I do peruse the DC Cinematic Reddit site. I, I love watching the discussion over there. And, mm-hmm. and uh, usually everyone's pretty well on top of uh, stuff that's going on out there. Uh, other podcasts. Right. I, I don't listen to a whole lot of other DC podcast, to be honest with you. And the reason being is I used to listen to a lot, but now that we're doing our own show, I tend to try to keep myself insulated from what other people are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones I enjoy, you know, I'll listen to, um, I listen to Holy Bad Cast, of course, Man of Steel Answers and Justice League Universe podcast. You know, I, I, I'll listen to Batman on film. I kind of mix it up. You know, uh, I, I think most of my opinions kind of differ <laughs> from the crew over there, but you know, I still like to listen. Uh, I like to hear varying opinions on things. So I, you know, I, I partake in a lot of different podcasts. Yeah, I, I I definitely say that I read quite a bit of the comics. Um, uh, I listen to this show quite often. Um, I listen to Brent and Ray. But aside from that, um, I don't really listen to a whole lot of other DC podcasts as well. Um, just because oftentimes I find that I get frustrated with the negativity sometimes um, that's around some of the other podcasts. Um, not naming any one of them in particular. Not saying that they're all negative. But um, I try to just, you know, stay within 
a certain range, particularly when it comes to podcasts. Um, you know, one that I just started listening to a little while ago, actually Holy Backcast. So, you know, in particular, that last uh, most recent episode with um, Ben Affleck, stunt double, Mr. Citrone. But uh, yeah, aside from that, love watching the DC films, um, old DC films as well. V for Vendetta, I think is one of my favorite and one of the most underrated. And then I love also watching the animated movies as well and TV shows. Get me on any one of those TV shows in there. Great. Be it Young Justice, Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Justice League, you know, Unlimited the Animated Series, all of those. And then, of course, all of the animated films, the great ones that are out there. So I would say that that's my DC content. All right, Ian, your last question. Most anticipated upcoming DCEU movie after Aquaman? Maybe besides Batman. Laugh out loud. It's Justice League. Oh, yeah. After Aquaman? Oh, after Aquaman. I missed Well, that there part. might be a Justice League 2. You never yeah. know. There might be a sequel. Okay, to, to answer the question after Aquaman, I'm looking forward to the Flash film. Okay, you were going to s- steal my answer there, too. I would say... You're going to be quicker on a draw, man. I guess so. It's It would be Man of Steel 2. Um, oh, you, you won that one. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to see a Man of Steel 2. Do you want to throw this out there, though? If it's going to be Man of Steel 2, I would love to see Zack Snyder return for Man of Steel 2. That's just my personal opinion. I love, 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 love that film. However, you know, I just, I love the, where he, I just love the whole story, but I also love where he ended up at the end, and I can't wait to see where he's gonna, you know, I love where his arc went in BVS, and then I can't wait to see where he's gonna pick up in Justice League, so I would love to see, you know, he started with Superman, I would love to see him continue with Superman, Um, but that's my answer. So, um, let's go Joseph Golden at CC Star 1138. What is the most crazy and insane DC Comics material you have ever read, heard, or saw? Oh my god. Um, Anything Grant Morrison has written? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, mean, I would agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, some of the animal man, animal man stuff was just fantastic. Doom Patrol, the Grant Morrison stuff. I, I would say some of that's that's probably some of the craziest stuff uh, that I really enjoyed. I, I'd say if you, if you if you like that kind of stuff that just kind of challenges you, go dig up some of that old stuff. Right. Um, if you're really into some pretty crazy things, I think one of the most crazy things that I've ever read was um, in Brian Azzarello's book, um, The Joker. Uh, um, he actually skins a man um, while he's alive. Uh, so that was probably one of the craziest things that I've ever seen. <laughs> um, I just remember because that always sticks out in my head. So that one and also, um, oh, it's DC Comics material. I was going to throw out another one that wasn't DC Comics material, but um, it, Pun- the Punisher, um, the Bourne series. Um, those are pretty crazy as well. So just throwing that out there. I know it wasn't DC Comics material, but just throwing that out there. So hey, if it's good, it's good, right? Exactly. All right. Eric Jones asks, what do you feel about all the talk that Wonder Woman isn't getting marketed right? Um, I, I think people need to realize that you know these marketing folks this is their job they're professionals they know what they're doing uh right. I, I i would say you know there's a there's a very good reason we don't see this gigantic marketing push at this moment and that's called guardians of the galaxy uh mm-hmm. as soon as that debuts which will put us a month out from wonder woman you're gonna see a big marketing push as, as soon as that film debuts uh, it's you're gonna get your bigger bang for the buck once you get past some of that hype so oh yeah i agree with that so i don't really have anything else to add on to that um Next one is Bobby Claus at Bobby Claus 1. Which James Bond actor do you think would have made a great Batman? Mm. For me, I'm going to say, um, I'm going to go with Daniel Craig. Yeah. And the only reason why I would say that is... Um, 
I think that he's able to pull off a little bit of the darker bond. Um, and I kind of love some of the series. I think one of my favorites, um, Skyfall, Mm -hmm. um, as well as Casino Royale, um, really wonderful. But my favorite Bond movie of all time is, uh, GoldenEye, 007 Mm. GoldenEye. Good one. Um, but I just don't see any of the other ones fitting well under the cowl. And I feel like Daniel Craig just has, he's, he's got that, I feel like that toughness to him that the other ones might not necessarily have had to be able to pull off some of what Batman has to pull off yeah well when i kind of think of these different actors i i tend to kind of put the film that they might be in of that era and so like if I, yeah so uh, I, I, daniel craig would be a great one i think uh, but if i kind of think of the past ones mm-hmm. i kind of have a, a hard time thinking of them you know uh and as a as a movie for today but i right. would say if i had to pick one i would pick george lazenby <laughs> he was the there one he was the james bond the, the the second james bond uh only had one film and uh and i think at that time you know i i think fans of the Bond franchise were kind of freaked mm-hmm. out like what, what do you mean a, a different actor <laughs> you know because it, it was in an era where you just didn't do that and so right. uh, but I think maybe he would kind of fit that role if you can kind of get past that like uh, that little faux um, British accent he's really yeah. Australian <laughs> so there you go. I would pick him I would also throw out Pierce Brosnan as a second for mine. And that's probably because I grew up with those guys. So yeah. that might just be me. Um, okay. But yeah, just throwing it out there. All right. Uh, Raman Shinobi, Just Another Human, writes, what is your favorite 80s, 90s action movie? Ooh. Oh, man. 90s action movie. I For me, I, I honestly would probably go with, oh, action movie. Oh, I'm going to go Mortal Kombat. <laughs> that's a classic. Um, yeah, dude, it's, I just, I can't, I, uh, yeah, that's the first thing that comes to mind. Man, I don't know. Uh, action movie. I just, I'm trying to think of what was out in that, those years. That or, again, 007, uh, yeah. Golden Yeah, I mean, it's it's probably the Bond films. I mean, that's it's kind of what I think of, I guess. So, right. yeah, I'd, I'd pick one of those as well. Um, sorry, not a great answer, but it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua Bond asks, your guys estimated box office opening for Wonder Woman film. I want to hear what you think. Are we talking about domestic or are we talking let's about talk worldwide? Let's just talk domestic. I feel like that there's a bigger that there's a bigger audience for this than people realize. Um, what did BVS open with domestically? It was like 157, I think. 157. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with about 115. 115. Okay. I think that, the, I just think that there's a bigger audience out there for it than people are anticipating. And, um, I don't know. That also could be just me being a little biased. I would say between the 95 and 115 range. Okay. So, um, you're closer to where I'm at. Uh, I know a lot of people are predicting really big things and I think it could very well go that way. But, but I think the box office is largely going to be is largely going to depend on whether whether the buzz just ignites because right. it's not it's not like all lit up right now outside of the fan community and that's just because they haven't mm-hmm. you know they're, they're kind of waiting for the right time to try to hit it Agreed. Uh, but uh if if it doesn't take off I, I think it could be i think it could be around uh 100 110 yeah, so I, I think that's I, I that's my i think that's my best guess at this point but i mean i, I think this is a tough one to call honestly i think whoever's yeah. trying to predict it is going to have a hard time trying to figure out what this one's going to be because especially in the middle of the summer where you got all these other surrounding films um, there's so many factors at play Agreed. All right. Emmett Davis asks, will another DCEU movie go into production this year? I believe there will be one. Okay. I'm guessing I'm guessing it's going to be Gotham City Sirens. I was just going to say that if there's one that sounds like it could be, I would also say Gotham City Sirens. But if the script is not ready, don't do it. 
Well, we that's know, my yeah. only thing. Yeah, we know the script's being written by, and I can't remember the girl's name, uh, with also, I'm sure, input from David Ayer. It, it's right. it's got to be being worked on right now. So, And we know certainly David Ayer is doing a lot of research. He's you know teased Black Mask, and he's teased, uh, what was it, Poison Ivy? and Ivy, Yeah, and Cat, Catwoman. No, right? Was it Catwoman? Or was, it, or was that the false Selena thing that people had gotten? No, no, it was... It's, I believe Catwoman, though. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, he's, so he's been, he's been, he's obviously doing some stuff on it right now, so... Right. Um, so I think that one's probably furthest along. And we know, you know, Margot Robbie is, is is really pushing for the film as well. So she's got a strong interest to get this thing going. And, you know, we know Warner Brothers is in the Margot Robbie business. So I could see this thing being greenlit real soon. Right. And it might already be greenlit for all we know. That's true. All right. And the next one comes from Haskell at Andy Haskell 15. Um, will we see Mira, Black Manta, and Ocean Master Origins and how Arthur and Mira first met in Aquaman? Um, I'm going to go with, if I would say if there's one that's going to be an origin, I would say we're probably more likely to get either Mira or Black Mana origin as opposed to Ocean Master. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's going to be any sort of Ocean Master origin, it might be between him and Arthur, uh, you know, fighting over the throne. But then again, that's not real. I would say the best bet would either be Mira or Black Manta if there is going to be one, but I think it's, the story's mainly going to focus on Aquaman. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, I think if we see any kind of origins, it's going to be really quick. It's going to be right. like a kind of flashback kind of thing. But I kind of feel like Mira and Ocean Master. I mean, I don't know what kind of origins you could really say about them. I mean, they're denizens of you know of the ocean. So I mean, that's you know they're just they are who they are. Right. Uh, Black Manta is is a surface dweller that is putting on some kind of weird mask and <laughs> and suit and going underneath the water. So I mean, I think he could potentially have an origin. Uh, but aside from that, I, I I think whatever they do, it'll be pr- pretty brief. Great. All right, last one. Our friend Dolan Enlow asked, uh, and this through an email, and he says, Hey guys, big fan of the show, listen every week. What are your thoughts on watching trailers in the DCEU? Personally, I found that every trailer I watch shows me something I don't want to know, including the Justice League trailers. I'm talking about the Parademons mostly. Is it best to stay away from the trailers as they contain a lot of spoilers? And he says, Cough, BVS. Thanks guys, keep up the good work. Um, so I know when you talk, if, if Scott were here, Scott would say that he would prefer not to see any trailers. In fact, he, mm-hmm. the only reason he watches trailers is because we're doing a show for me i'm i'm actually i don't get so hung up on uh learning plot details uh and so i'm always okay with trailers trailers just get me super pumped up for the film so i I think it all goes down to you dolan you know what do you um you know what do you want do you want to go in completely oblivious and surprised about what you see i mean if that's what you want then don't watch the trailers and go in and you know but i mean i i get super pumped up just seeing the trailers i I will say this one last thing is I, i think trailers sometimes could give the wrong impression of the film and Agreed. then it, it may set your expectations in a place where you know uh you you may be fully expecting it this is the kind of film you're going to get and then you get something a little different and it could lead to a little bit more disappointment and maybe if you go in with no expectations um maybe you don't have to battle that so i, I guess that would be the only thing i would say on that right um i am like you man i get pumped up for the trailers if you guys need any evidence of that you can always <laughs> go to the youtube um that <laughs> nc17 oh my god <laughs> live man. reaction it's, you did for the Justice um, League trailer. Yeah, I cried. Um, <laughs> I also freaked out when I saw the BVS trailer, even the Doomsday trailer. Yeah, um, I did too. I, it's just, you know, it doesn't, I'm okay going in knowing that and how they tell the story really is what is important to me as opposed to necessarily what's in it. Yeah, like I know Steppenwolf is going to be in this movie, but I would like to see what he does in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that the trailer can show you all of that and what's going on. And for personally, for the people that had criticisms of, I know one thing in particular was uh, people 
people weren't expecting the media to play such a big part in BVS. Um, I would say go back to that first teaser trailer that we got um, where there it's kind of closing in on the Superman memorial or the monument uh, where it has the false god spray mm-hmm. painted on. Um, all that whole intro is all of the media speculation of how he fits into this world. I feel like that was a really good depiction it was. of the film in and of itself. And um, so I, I don't know, man. I, I'm like you. I feel like, but again, there could be trailers that, you know, don't necessarily set the right tone for as, you know, what necessarily could be um, the movie could be like. Like, I feel like one in particular, the one that stands out to me the most is the Suicide Squad first trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, thought it was going to be a lot darker than it actually was because um, that's what the trailer depicted to me. And then we got the other two, which were a lot more lighter. And that's a topic of great debate, by the way. <laughs> yeah. About what transpired there. So. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, you never know. And it's also, um, it's a whole process. And you never know what trailer you watch and what's going on with the studios and directors and so on and so forth. So you never know. But um, I like the trailers. And if you, you know, you, like Tim said, you don't want to go in with anything, then don't watch the trailers and just yeah. try and stay off uh, away from reading what you do about the film and all that stuff and go in there with an open slate. Yep. Very good answer. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our, you know, as as promised, uh, answering a few questions here. We, <laughs> even though we thought this was going to be a shorter episode, this is turning out to be a pretty long episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was I was just thinking that. I was like, holy crap. Yeah. We've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, we have. So anyway, guys, so that's it. We're going to go ahead and finally close out this week's podcast. And we want to thank <laughs> you guys, as always, for listening. And Jordan, I want to thank you for filling in for Scott. Uh, this is super fun. So happy oh, to have you on yeah. here. And man, I just had a blast tonight. I did as well, man. I, I really can't you know, thank you enough for having me on the show. And again, giving uh, giving me the opportunity to co-host uh, DC Comics Squadcast with Chris. It's been a really great ride so far. And I'm just excited to continue the journey with our um, with our family network. Yep, definitely. So uh, guys, if you want to reach out to our show, you can reach us on Twitter at Suicide Squadcast. You can reach me personally on Twitter at Alan Fire. And uh, Jordan, where can they reach you at? You guys can reach me on Twitter mainly at, um, at Jordan Funky. And if you guys are also interested in our show at DC Squadcast on Twitter, where we talk about all things DC Comics, uh, mainly in the Rebirth universe. Awesome. And, uh, you know, and our missing host, Scott, if you want to reach out to him <laughs> and talk to him about Legends of tomorrow or something like that you can reach him on twitter at scott dc 27 and guys we try to respond to all your tweets and emails you know we get lots of communication from you guys we try to at least acknowledge with a like (laughs) okay we'll at least give you that so so please don't hesitate to reach out to us Uh, you can also find our webpage at www.suicidesquadcast.com where you can find our show and then uh you know and chris and jordan's show as well as brent and ray's show as well uh so you can go check that out um there's a youtube page where you can see uh the dc comics guys actually contributing (laughs) so <laughs> so you can go check that. It's under Suicide Squadcast Network. Uh, same thing with our Facebook page. So uh, that's it. You know, Jordan, ton of fun. And you know what we always try to say when we go out? We try to send it off to you guys. And we say, you know, guys, go out and <laughs> keep reading DC. Bye-bye. See you guys later.
All right, Jordan, so why the heck wasn't Chris here tonight? Well, I believe Chris wasn't here tonight because he was too busy rocking out on stage. So wait a minute. So this guy chooses to be a rock star instead of like being a guest host in a Suicide Squad cast. Seriously, this is what this guy does? I guess it is. And, you know, we could have had both of us on here. It would have been a really fun episode. But um, this guy is going out and what a selfish guy. Yeah. Um, what can we possibly do to deal with somebody so selfish? Hmm, I wonder. Whoa! Hold your horses, Jordan. You're on the show one time, and you think you get to pick who we blow up this week? No, 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 no. I came back to teach you a lesson. Sorry, I had uh, this cat. <laughs> she's walking. No she's walking my computer. I thought she like stopped it. Uh, I was I was gonna be really pissed there for a second. Oh no, you're good. <laughs> she's just like really wants to get on my lap right now. I was doing everything to try and crawl over, and I don't want her here. <laughs> Ugh, drive me crazy. She's a good cat, That's but man, funny. she's like real needy right now.